You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. leftist lib, libtards, whatever you want to call them, uh, they attempted to get all the tickets so nobody would show up, but they figured it out. So we weeded out all the uh, all the morons, and we got the smart people in there, and we had a really, really, really nice time last night. I uh, posted some pictures on social media. You can see it there. Uh, it was really cool, and I'll have a full report on that coming up, as well as uh, the, uh, the hearings. Tell me when. Okay, hold on one second. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to make a quick announcement. Lost power at the homestead. Okay, lost power at the homestead, and uh, and we are back on the air. So you know what I would suggest? I want to tell my producer, Brian. Brian, uh, I want you to play the intro again. Let's start it again. Let's play the intro again so I can tee this up. Uh, the power outage has been, uh, has been fixed, so let's go ahead and run the intro again, Brian, if you would, please. You are about to hear the Let's most do this right, shall we? informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. There you go. So, you know, he's kind of like uh, kicking the game-winning field goal there, except for the wind blows and the tee uh, gets tipped over and the ball, the ball rolls. That's kind of what we just did there. But uh, I wanted to start it right because today is a big show. Today is a very big show. Welcome to it. Come inside and uh, and hang out for the next three hours with me because I promise you it's going to be fun. It's going to be enlightening and uh, uh, and uh, I think you're going to enjoy it. I really, really do. So uh, I'm not going to kick off the show with the usual rundown of what's in the news and, and uh, talking about uh, the congressional hearings and the this and the that and all uh, the things that are going on in the world. We had a weekend together with our families. I think that today I, I wanted to I wanted to start the show off with something a little bit different because I think the times call for it. I think the times call for it. <clears throat> Oddly enough, I'm preparing this epic monologue, and uh, the power gets shut down right before. <laughs> God, what are you trying to tell me? Now you know this weekend I um, I really for the first time took a break from um, a lot of things, including by and large social media. And uh, one of the reasons why that was, was because I had kind of a reality check uh, last week for a number of reasons. One of them was I caught myself responding to a tweet from Keith Olbermann. And, uh, and I was thinking as I, as I responded to the tweet from uh, uh, Keith Olbermann that I, that I stopped and uh, deleted. And I thought, why am I responding <laughs> to Keith Olbermann? 
Who cares about Keith Olbermann? In the grand scheme of things, honestly, what does Keith Olbermann mean in your life? He means nothing to your life. He means nothing to my life, and he means nothing to the political discourse or any discourse at all. He's just a bitter, angry guy who made a lot of money, went all political, became completely unlikable, and now lives by himself, presumably with several cats, and then just uh, just uh, spews on the Internet uh, uh, nonsense and anger. And I thought, why am I doing this? And then you may recall a couple weeks ago, it's been about two, oh, two, almost two months, two, a month and a half, two months ago. I, uh, I was feeling a little funky. I went to the, uh, to the CVS, the Cavuz, as my son used to call it when he was little. Stuck my arm in the blood pressure cup, and I went, man, that's a little high. And then I went to the doctor, and the doctor said, hey, that's a little high. And I said, well, okay, what do I do? And he, he said, hey, he did give you this uh, blood pressure medication, which I've never had to take in my life. I'm always 120 over 80. Always fine. Then 120 over 80. So I went and I t- started taking the blood pressure medication. I got rid of processed food in my life. Got rid of all the crap. Although I cheated a little this weekend. Had some ice cream and frozen pizza. That said, lost uh, 15 pounds in about uh, three weeks. And went back to the doctor. He said, holy crap, you've lost some weight. Let's check that blood pressure. And the blood pressure had come down quite a bit. But it's still not where it needs to be. And I got to thinking of all the things that I could do as far as a lifestyle change for the blood pressure. I thought, well, maybe I should turn down the temperature on my life and the intensity of, uh, of my life. And if my actions as a talk show host and my preparation for a radio show are contributing to high blood pressure, what do you suppose that show's doing to my listeners? <laughs> and I said, uh, I'm going to take the uh, weekend off of social media, and I'm going to think things through. And I posted videos of me making deviled eggs because deviled eggs are a gift from God. And I made pesto with cashews, posted on the web. You know why? Because nobody else will do that. No other talk show host will show you how to make deviled eggs. And you know what other thing that I do that most talk shows don't do? I make you laugh. I make you laugh. I had a good friend talk to me this weekend. Two great friends. One, my spiritual sensei, who is Ken, my producer, who I call Redneck MacGyver. And the reason being is he took the electric bike that I bought. I bought one. He bought one exactly same bike. And he figured out how to make it go 60 miles an hour without pedaling. Okay? So he could go out on the trail and smoke a cigar while he was mountain biking. Mountain biking. That's, that's why I call him Redneck MacGyver. But he's also my spiritual sensei. He's the guy who says, Rob, listen to this. And he said, Rob, you're coming in hot every day. You've got 70 sound bites every day. You are trying to, he didn't say this, but I figured it out. You're trying to out Levin Levin and out Beck Beck, and you never will. And that's what I said to myself this weekend. I said, I'm never going to out Levin Levin. I'm never going to out Beck Beck. My political, but my political insights are very astute. Don't get me wrong. I, I, and I believe you know that as well. But the one thing that I bring to the table is humor. And I'm not saying that the show is going to be entirely humor, but things are going to change with the show, with, with offering solutions, offering humor, 
offering an escape from all the other stuff that's going on in the world. Because I don't need to convince you the country's insane right now. I don't need to convince you the guy in the White House is a criminal. Well, alleged. Sure, whatever. I don't need to convince you that uh, the cocaine was in the White House because Hunter was in the White House. I don't need to be a general in an army. I need to be a soldier. And I need to be here to give you an alternative. For the first time in my life, I got a television show before I got a radio show. So one year before I got a radio show, a year and a half before I got this radio show, we've been syndicated for a year and a half. We're still in our infancy. But I got a TV show. And while that TV show, it's still on, of course, it's still going. But for the first time in my life, people discovered my radio show because of a TV show instead of being on the radio and getting a TV show. So the people who were watching my TV show were going, dang, this guy is really funny. This is really insightful. This is meaningful. Donald Trump said in the, in the brief time he watched, best, funniest thing on television. All of the people at Newsmax, the glorious people at Newsmax who have welcomed me like a third family for crying out loud. Brilliant. They all celebrated this new funny guy on Newsmax. And wow, he is really something else. And then all these people uh, began to tune into the radio show to kind of see the guy on television or hear the guy on television. And the guy on television just showed up sporadically. And another guy took over, and he was the guy who was, you know, freaking out about congressional testimony and picking apart sound bites from whatever. And I thought, what, 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 uh, what am I doing here? I'm breaking a promise. I'm breaking a promise to those who, who watch the TV show, the people who, who love the TV show. Dr. Michael Savage, you know why he came on the radio show? The first person... The first show for him to return to the radio. Do you know why? It wasn't because he listened to the radio show. It was because he watched the TV show. <laughs> and he loved the, he loved the, uh, in, uh, the uh, insights that I give and also the comedy. And then I had a wonderful talk with my other spiritual advisor, David Naster, who's a comedian, and I did a podcast with him last night, and I'm posting it on social media. And, and I let down the curtain about my life, about, you know, the, the, the things that are important to me, my struggles, and, and ultimately, he being this uh, now 70-year-old comedian, he said to me, he said, Rob, what you have with your humor is a gift. It is a real gift that most people don't have. And he said, if you, if you go away from that, you're losing everything that made you uh, special in the first place. I, I have friends who, uh, who I used to work with years and years ago. When, you're, when you've been on the planet long enough, uh, uh, you, you, uh, you, know, you have great stories, and you, you sometimes don't see people for 20 years. It's, it's strange, right? You, you, uh, you Gen Zers, your, your first class reunion will be the first time you've gone without seeing someone in 10 years. It'll be a real, it's weird. Try doing it in 20. And one thing that I notice is that the funny people that I used to know in entertainment radio, people who I've worked with in the past who went into talk radio, jumped into talk radio, went full bore talk radio, I met them 20 years later, and they lost their sense of humor altogether. I even had a friend who, who did an internship at one of the big talk shows like The Tonight Show, and he was funny. 20 years later in talk radio, no humor at all. A couple weeks ago, I did an interview with Donald Trump. And he gave me uh, more than a half an hour to talk to him. 
And I got more feedback on that interview with Donald Trump. Not because I got Donald Trump to say a soundbite that could be watched on the TV news. I got it because I let him talk. Yeah. And, and it sounded like I was talking to a friend. It didn't sound like I was trying to get a soundbite. And people heard that. And they went, wow, that's different. That's different. And so while I've been pursuing the big stories and running the sound bites and going for an hour and a half on one topic, I've missed everything. I didn't really share with you the story of meeting my biological family at a family reunion. I didn't tell the reality of that. I did tell you about going into Iowa and seeing the suffering and all that. I missed a lot. I missed a lot. I missed, uh, you know, even talking to you. You probably don't even know that I'm a gourmet cook, do you? Did you know that? Did you know that if I literally walked into a restaurant, I could start as a line cook just about anywhere, and then I could I could move up because I've been I've been cooking for thirty five years. That's another thing that, that brings us together: food and comedy. How about that? How about rather than having a, a pundit on or having a politician on, how about having a, a a comedian on to make fun of all of it? Because the only thing that's going to get us through this is if uh, we stay strong and we stay positive. Because when you're in a battle, you have to maintain morale. And uh, Bob Hope did that with humor. And surely I can do that with humor as well. So in conclusion to this, we are making some adjustments in the show that I am, I am making personally with the help of a couple other people because they know that this is where I belong. I belong with, with powerful commentary, but also comedy and a release valve and possibly a morale boost in this battle for our country. How's that sound? So those are a couple of the thoughts that I had. And then I also, and I'll, I'll, I'll share with you, what were the most memorable moments of Ronald Reagan's presidency? <clears throat> Other than the legislation, blah, 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 blah. When he said one line... When he said to Walter Mondale, you know, your youthful exuberance. Remember that line? Everybody remembers that line. You know why? Because it was funny. Because he made a point and he defused the situation. And that's one of the reasons why he became one of the greatest presidents in the history of the country. Not saying all his policies were amazing, don't get me wrong. But he disarmed people and he used humor to show absurdity of the other side. And even poke fun at himself. So here's the numbers, 800-922-6680. I've got a ton of stuff to get on, including uh, Elon Musk. He's renaming Twitter. Uh, fewer people are believing in heaven and hell, even though we're kind of living in it. Uh, <laughs> lots of Hunter Biden and Joe Biden stuff, and your, your phone calls as well. What do you think? 800-922-6680. This, my friends, is a Monday edition of The Rob Carson Show. In 2010, our debt was $13 trillion. Gold was $1,000 an ounce. Today, $32 trillion and $2,000 an ounce. So now that we have $1 trillion in interest payments annually, another $1 trillion on defense, do we really think the spending is going to slow down? A surging national debt is bullish for gold. Bloomberg stated gold appears as a caged bull awaiting a catalyst. The oncoming commercial real estate crisis will be that catalyst. $1.5 trillion in interest-only loans are coming due, and with vacancies, plunging valuations, and higher interest rates, more companies are just going to walk away. It's no wonder Google searches for how to buy gold hit record levels in 2023. 
It's as simple as calling Patriot Gold Group today, by the way. Find out why they are an A-plus consumer affairs top-rated gold and silver company nationwide. Call the proud Americans at Patriot Gold today before it's too late. Mention Newsmax and you'll get best-in-class service from Patriots Protecting Patriots. Patriot Gold Group has no fee for life IRA where your IRA or 401k can be physical gold and silver. Call 888-309-9181. That's 888-309-9181 and get a free investor guide today. Patriot Gold Group is Consumer Affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer for six years in a row. Call now, 888-309-9181. Protect your retirement with the Patriot Gold Group. Speakers, President, distinguished members of the Congress, honored guests, and Fellow citizens, today marks my first State of the Union address to you, a constitutional duty as old as our republic itself. President Washington began this tradition in 1790 after reminding the nation that the destiny of self-government and the preservation of the sacred fire of liberty is finally staked on the experiment entrusted to the hands of the American people. For our friends in the press who place a high premium on accuracy, let me say, I did not actually hear George Washington say that. Kaboom! Kaboom. That was an epic line. We always think of Mr. Gorbachev tear down this wall. Ronald Reagan took 25 seconds into his first, uh, first State of the Union address to make a joke. I mean, my God. How important is comedy? <laughs> I mean, how important is comedy? <clears throat> the reason I brought this up is because you, if you didn't, you missed the opening monologue. Um, I, I, I had a little come to Jesus moment over the weekend, and I realized that uh, I was letting down uh, people by doing the show that I was doing. People were watching my TV show, coming to the radio, expecting funny, expecting this and that, and getting way too serious sometimes. And I have just decided to say, you know, it's not fun for me to do this. I don't think it's fun for you to listen to it. I think you need somebody who can give you something that nobody else can. One of those things is a sense of humor, and one of those is a really kick-butt, self-made devil's eggs recipe that I put on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and all that crap this weekend. Let's go to Randall in Pacific Grove. Hello, Randall. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind today? Yeah, what I like about your show and why I listen to it every time is because I like your fireside chat approach, yeah. and yeah. I listen to it for, for the, I call it just just riled up humor. Uh, the humor is, is one of those things, and also the fact that uh, you, 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 when you give your personal testimonies, that's another thing that glues me into the show. And uh, it's kind of like, you know, I think that one thing I want to say here is uh, uh, we've all kind of thrown our dads under the bus, and yeah. good, bad, and indifferent. One of the things I try to do is try to reconnect to my old dad because he was a redhead terror. Uh, yeah. He looked like James Dean. My mom looked like Susan Lucci. <laughs> yeah. And you know, as, as much as much as, as he was a redhead terror, which Trump is not. Trump is is I see nothing but kindness 
and, and Donald Trump. Well, Randall, and I'm going to tell you, <clears throat> Randall, another thing about Trump, and you may not think he's funny, but one of the reasons why I watch his uh, his, uh, his speeches is he is. He does improvisational. He does Joe Biden walking on stage. Think about that. I mean, listen, politics aside, I'm just talking about Donald Trump here. I'm just talking about the man delivering a speech. He does, and I watch his I watch his speeches for not only inspiration, but he's funny. He's, he's oh, saying things he's that no other politician ever says. I think <laughs> you know? he's, the best, he's the best comedian there is. I swear, it is. It's, it, and I have posted on uh, social about it uh, that uh, he's delivering some fantastic stand-up. I said it on uh, on Newsmax. Randall, I appreciate the phone call. Can I just I think it's important. Oh, please, quick. go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I just want to explain one thing. I want to explain something here. Real uh, quick. I think one of the funniest things that I, I, I ever thought of was the whole idea of a conservative Republican meeting a woman, and she's a liberal, and he says something stupid like, I'm a Republican. And I wanted to clarify that. That's a Frank Sinatra song, uh, Something Stupid. And yes. I know that I didn't deliver that joke right. I have not yet thought of a way to deliver that joke right. But All right, Randall, Randall, right. Randall. Can I just tell you, Randall, can I just tell you something? That a, uh, uh-huh. a, joke, in the, a joke in the wrong hands is like giving a toddler a, uh, a loaded gun. So let me handle it, okay, Randall? Back away from the joke. I'll pick it up and take care of it, okay? And if I can't clean up your joke, I'll just throw it in the trash. Does that sound good? <laughs> All right, so coming up, we've got some uh, really, really uh, interesting statistics on the belief in heaven and hell, even though uh, the Democrats have kind of made a uh, life at that. And then also response to um, uh, the, uh, the Jason Aldean show and a review of movies over the weekend. This, my friend, is the Rob Carson Show. It is Rob Carson Show, Monday edition, and the number, if you'd like to chime in, is 800-922-6680. You know, uh, on the heels, and, I, and I'm going to move on uh, from the uh, the opening monologue and, and the uh, the fact that we're going to lean into what I do best, which is uh, making fun of people, uh, you know, using humor to make a point, like I did with the Rush Limbaugh program. And like, by the way, which Rush Limbaugh did for 33 years as the number one rated talk show host in America. He created a dynasty, and one of the things that he did was he used humor. He used my humor, and he used his own humor. And the only way we're going to stay sane is if we, uh, you know, if we stop just pounding the desk every day and do what we do best. And I want to ask you all this. I'm <clears throat> not actually ask you a question, but think about the greatest disruptors in history. You can't think of uh, many philosophers. There are obviously politicians you can remember, but you think about how many stand-up comedians you know about. Think about the stand-up comedians that you listened to when you were a kid or you watched when you were a kid. For me, it was Carlin, Cosby, uh, Richard Pryor. It was, uh, they were disruptors. They were disruptors. They, they said the things that you wanted to say. They said them out loud, and they used humor. They could use humor to literally criticize those in power in a very disarming way and get away with it. That's a great thing about humor. It is the ultimate disruption for those in power. It's humiliating to those in power to be made fun of. The left uses humiliation against us. They call us deniers. Oh, you deny climate change? Oh, my God, you're so stupid. That's their way of humiliating you. 
our way of humiliating them is something to the effect of, well, at least I won't have to replace a battery that costs as much as my car three years down the road after buying a whatever. You know, or something like that. Or make fun of, uh, you know, whatever. It's a better way to respond. The greatest disruptors were comedians, and uh, and we are going to... Uh, we're going to up the uh, the comedic profile of the show. Joe Biden got some great news over the weekend. I don't know if you know about this. Joe Biden got some good news over the weekend. He found out. Are you ready? Sit down. This may be a little depressing for you who are not fans of Joe Biden. I understand. But here is the good news. He still is the mo- not the most unpopular president of all time. In something titled, Why is Joe Biden so unpopular? Andrew Romano writes that at this point in his term, Joe Biden is the second most unpopular president in modern U.S. history. Now that is a win. For Joe Biden right now, that, my friends, is a win. Jimmy Carter was the first. Romano's- we didn't think that Jimmy Carter, that in our lifetimes we would see somebody who sucks more than Jimmy Carter. And let me just tell you, uh, for Jimmy Carter, I think it's great that, uh, that he made it this far to see somebody who could possibly do worse than him. Not yet, but he's still keeping his fingers crossed. It's polling data from 538 where Biden's approval rating... 910 days into his term stood at just 39 percent yeah 910 days which seems like uh 6300 days because uh, they're like dog years his years in office are like dog years to the rest of us this is jim gossett welcome back to jimmy carter 2.0 welcome back He's the same bad press, but his name is Joe. Not a peanut farmer. Well, the names have all changed since Jim was around. But he leaves us with peanuts. But the swamp that remains can't be turned around. Joe's killing off the nation. Killing off the nation. Say hello to stagflation. Hello to stagflation. Yeah, we tease him a lot, cause brain cells he ain't got. Welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back. It costs an arm to fill your car. And a leg. Welcome back. Your paycheck's the same and it don't go far. Not really. Joe pulled all the troops from Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Everything is screwed up. I guess that's his plan. That's his plan. He's an Obama puppet. Obama puppet. Go tell him to stop it. Tell him to stop it. The worst in history. That's why we chant FJB. Welcome back. Remember that? Welcome back. Welcome back. You, you, you got the vaccination, you, you know, or, 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 or the mom and dad, or, 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 or the neighbor, or when you go to church, or when you're, no, no I, I, I really don't. But he still isn't the worst. There you go. <clears throat> Joe Biden still is not the worst president in modern uh, political history. He's still number two to Jimmy Carter, but he's still got a year and a half to go. So he has something to aspire to, <laughs> and it appears <laughs> he's going to pass it. Percentage of Americans who believe in the five religious entities are down to new lows. God, angels, heaven, hell, and devil. They are all down to new lows. Compared to 2001, belief in God and heaven is down the most, 16 points each, while belief in hell (laughs) has fallen 12 points, and the devil and angels are down 10 points. So basically, 
uh, uh, people, uh, their belief in God and heaven are down. Uh, then the belief in, uh, in hell has fallen, but not quite as much, which to me says the reason being is because, uh, you know, the people in office are making uh, a life of living health to the rest of us, essentially, right? So there you go. Even so, uh, majorities of people in the five entities, including 74% who believe in God, 69% believe in angels. You know, angels, angels, sure, absolutely. I, I believe in angels. Uh, it's not the typical angel. It's not the cherub, you know, who's chubby, diaper-wearing, you know, whatever. It, it's completely different. Like like my uh, my producer, Ken, uh, the, uh, the redneck MacGyver. He's kind of my angel, but he's like... I mean, the opposite of an angel, you know, but he, but he is, it's, it's weird that way. 67% believe in heaven, all right, 59% in hell and uh, 58% in the devil. Well, who's going to be in charge of, uh, of hell? If 59% believe in hell and they don't believe in the devil, you know, here's, here's what I think it comes down to. I think we believe in good and evil because good and evil exist, Right. As far as the afterlife is concerned, uh, you know, I want to do as well as I can on this planet. Do I think that there's going to be a, a guy sitting outside some pearly gates with a pen looking at my uh, thing here? You know, like the FBI looks at my banking records without asking and just kind of goes through it. And he's going to say, well, you know, Rob, you uh, you did that to that. And then you did this. And honestly, when it comes to this, yeah, I don't believe that. I, I do believe that uh, there is an afterlife. And I believe that it'll be a better place for those who are, are better people. I do. Absolutely 1,000%. So, uh, yeah. And if you don't believe that, uh, that the people in charge are making a, a life hell in, a, in, the, in the country, then listen to RFK. Here's RFK talking about the country. And, and this is actually one of the reasons why he is uh, resonating with people. And the reason why Donald Trump is resonating with people. And some of these other candidates aren't. Because if you listen to this man, RFK, you believe him. He's not offering a policy proposal. He's not dressing it up. He's saying, here's what I'm seeing because I talk to people. We are in a, you can't afford to be poor in this country anymore, and you can't afford to be a working person. Just since the lockdowns, the price of housing has gone from 250000 to 400000 Think about that. The cost of a house has gone from two fifty. To the average price of a home, $400,000. My wife and I were really lucky because we got in at the 250. All right? We were really lucky to get at the 250. It was the first time. Because the last time we bought a house, we bought really high, and the uh, the Fed was involved in the, uh, the, uh, the banking crisis of 2008, and we ended up losing our butts. Uh, per, per home. And the interest inflation rates is everywhere, climbing. right? You're right. Right. And and the we've lost a million Americans lost their homes in 2021 and another million in 2022. Both of those years, we lost more homes than the people who lost them in 2008. We're in the middle of a terrible crisis in this country right now. Yeah. Most Americans are living paycheck to paycheck and they're living in terror that they're going to lose their jobs. Fifty seven percent of our, our our country people and and women can't afford, could not put their hands on $1,000 if they had an emergency. So this you... is not, you know, the America that I grew up in. Yeah, and this is why I don't need to uh, go off for half an hour on Bidenomics and the absurdity of Joe Biden promoting Bidenomics, because you already know. <laughs> you already know. Uh, things suck, okay? You don't need Rob Carson telling you every day, things suck. 
But how about speaking truth to power and how about making fun of the people who are in charge? That's uh, that's pretty important. But there you go. There's Robert Kennedy Jr. And the Democrat Party doesn't want Robert Kennedy Jr. to be in the in the race for the White House. They're going to do everything they can to nix him. But he speaks the truth. That's one of the reasons why I talk. I've never talked about a Democrat candidate unless I'm making fun of them. Because they always offer, offer up the same pap, the same nonsense, the same, you know, uh, uh, rehash of the, of the New Deal. Every one of the policies of the last 70, 80 years, 90 years of the Democrat Party has all been uh, trying to revive the, uh, the ghost of, of, of uh, Roosevelt. That's what it is. But the, the world has changed. The world has changed since Roosevelt uh, was around. But they rehash the same thing, and I make fun of them every time. RFK Jr., the only person that I'm hearing really actually saying things that either one of the politi- political parties should say. Trump's saying this. There are other Republicans saying this. But no other Democrats are. That's why he's a threat. Let's go to Mike in uh, PG County in uh, Maryland. Hello there, Mike. Welcome to the show, my friend. What's on your mind? Hey, Rob. How you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Hey, yes. I just want to let you know, as far as deviled eggs, I make them almost every weekend, give them to my kids. I call them egg sliders. Egg sliders. Yeah. Now, I go to Aldi's for a buck ten a dozen. I buy two dozen, make forty eight, and just hand them out to everybody. You know what but, I? You uh, know what I did, Mike? I did. I went to uh, Walmart and I got the pre boiled eggs because you can literally buy eighteen eggs already hard boiled for about the same cost as a dozen eggs. So I bought them because I hate boiling uh-huh. eggs. And I made I made devil I call them deviled eggs. And you, what's your you know what the secret ingredient is, Mike? I put uh, pimento on top. No pickle juice, brother. A little no, bit I of pickle, pickle juice. juice. There you go. Mustard, pickle juice, and then a piece of red pepper on top. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I put bacon on mine. Yeah, I put bacon on mine. <laughs> I was going to call you today. Wow, bacon yeah. sounds great. I was going to yes. call you today anyway and say, you know, Ronald Reagan had so many humorous clips barbing at the Democrats. I would, and, and there's a lot of your listeners that have never heard Reagan. I would love to hear a daily, just funny Reagan clip making fun of the other side, just to keep it light, just to keep it sharp, and to hear what real leadership sounds like. You know what I mean? Well, you know, when I played that soundbite from Ronald Reagan from his first inaugural, or not inaugural, his first uh, State of the Union, I I thought that was the perfect encapsulation. 45 seconds into the speech, he delivers a laugh line that brought down the House. And you know what he did there? He brought people together with that line. He didn't, people didn't hate him. They laughed. They went, oh, my God, that was fantastic. Rob, I tell my kids, laugh hard every day. If you have to laugh at the dark yeah. stuff, go ahead. But laugh hard every day because yeah. laughter gives you more medicine than anything in a doctor's office or in a pharmacy. Yeah. And it's got third best invention, right? Number one's love. Number two, sex. Number three was humor. Yes, yes. And, and this is, I've kind of combined the three because my sex life is laughable now. So just, it, it makes perfect sense. Thank you for taking my call. All right, see you, buddy. Bye. Oh, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, this, you know, honestly. Um, and, and I was thinking, you know, I, I started my show two years before, or um, maybe a year and a half before Gutfeld on Fox. And Fo- Gutfeld's always known for being funny. And respect Gutfeld, okay? I, I really do. I respect uh, Greg Gutfeld. I really do. I'm very disappointed with Fox and how they went with Tucker Carlson. That's why I don't watch Fox as much. It's not, it's not against a backlash against the people on the air. It's against the company for doing that. But I, I watched Gutfeld over the weekend, and, uh, and I was like, you know, yeah, and he, he's un- unabashedly funny. And I kind of moved into the, uh, I'm afraid that if I don't, if I'm not serious, 
every day, then I will not have cred as someone, as a commentator. And then I thought, no, because you know what? I'm just, I'm just an opinion. If I just talk about politics and have an opinion, then, then that's what I am. Then I'm like everybody else who kind of reaches this point in their broadcast career and never goes up anymore and never goes down. They just kind of idle along with that cloud of conservative desk pounders. And I don't want to be that. I want to be funny. I want to make a point with humor, and that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, if you're signing on to Twitter, apparently they are going to undergo a major rebranding. Musk has announced that the platform is going to be called X. They're giving the bird the bird. They're getting rid of the bird symbols. I don't know if this is a mistake or not because uh, Twitter is a brand. It's like changing the name of Kleenex. You know, if you change uh, the name from Kleenex to uh, Nosewipe, is that going to be his effect? I, I don't know how to think about it. But apparently he's, uh, he has an affinity for the X. He has uh, X.com. Don't know what that is. Not sure I want to look it up. Might end up with some weird stuff that I couldn't have my kids around for. Uh, let's see. That, oh, he wanted to name PayPal X.com. But it was already taken by a bunch of people who are country singers who have uh, 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 exes who live in Texas. Uh, and then also SpaceX, by the way. SpaceX is another thing. So apparently they, uh, he's going he's gonna to lean into the X and uh, make it into an everything app. Uh, and uh, it's, it's modeled after but not controlled by China, uh, the WeChat that uh, the Chinese uh, apparently, I don't have a WeChat, but apparently that could change here very shortly. All right, so coming up, an update on the cocaine in the White House. Uh, a we're winning as a country update, uh, some really, really positive things for Americans, really bad things for diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's coming up. This is The Rob Carson Show. It is a Rob Carson Show Monday edition. Here's the number, uh, 800-922-6680. Uh, parents of unborn babies to get massive tax credits. <laughs> Under the new GLP push to incentivize mothers to carry pregnancies to term. Do we really, do we need this? Do we really need this? I mean, listen, I'm all about having babies. But do you know when the, when the government gets involved in child rearing and making and all that, it gets ugly, you know? Yeah, and and I, I understand I understand the good intentions of this uh, of this bill. Representative Ashley Henson from from Iowa heading the effort to expand child tax credits to include characterizing the unborn as dependents. So basically, uh, you you could uh, parents would need to be employed to receive a credit under this bill. It would increase the refundable child tax credit from two thousand dollars per dependent to thirty five hundred under the age of six, and forty five hundred for those between the ages of six and seventeen. And then basically, uh, under the proposed package, parents would become eligible for claiming the tax credit while mom's pregnant, not dad, because men can't get pregnant. I know, shock, shock to the uh, Democrats in the audience. Men can't get pregnant. The, the ones that are getting pregnant with the beard, they're just women on hormones to make them look like men. I know, shock, terrifying, oh my God, blow to your brain. But seriously, yeah, uh, not, not uh, actually men. They're women who are in hormones and they have facial hair. So there you go. I'm not sure if, uh, 
anybody's going to go, and I'm, I'm just speaking out loud for conservatives and, and Republicans here, but if you're having the conversation, and my wife and I had the conversation, it really wasn't much of a conversation. It was, uh, we need to have a baby, and uh, that's it. So that was our conversation, and I said, okay, okay, okay. So anyway, but I'm not so sure that people are going to be sitting around and going, you know, honey, i got to tell you, I've been crunching the numbers here. And uh, we could really put a dent in that two hundred to two hundred fifty thousand dollars that we spend getting our kid through their eighteenth birthday if we got this tax credit while you're pregnant. What do you think? Does that sound cool? Does that? I'm sorry, honey. No, come back here. No, no, I wasn't really saying. Okay, okay. She slammed the door. Okay, yeah, oh yeah, sure. And I mean, how well have government checks uh, worked for you know uh, uh, having multiple babies? Right? I mean, we tried that with uh, aid for dependent children, the ADC, and the whole deal. I think government should stay out of incentivizing uh, anything as far as child rearing is concerned. I think you ought to think about it yourself, and, and the government should probably work on, I don't know, writing off a portion of a utility bill for a home office. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Because, you know, I mean, whenever, whenever governments get involved in the child thing, uh, you know, like in China, little girls end up being left by the roadside, and uh, and little boys end up being carried to term. So there's all of that. All right, so let's take a break. Uh, you are listening to a Monday edition of the Rob Carson Show. Back in a second. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.